this episode is, is brought to you in partnership with Enhanced CBD, bringing you the best CBD products on the market. Uh, go over to their website and enter code SUPERNECESSARY to get 10% off. It's also brought to you by Fortis Fightwear, bringing you premium boxing equipment and apparel. Head over to their website and enter code SUPERNECESSARY10 for 10% off at checkout. Were super necessary. God, Enik, my God, unbelievable! Just like that, gone and done. You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me! You can't say much other than wow. Hello and welcome back to Super Necessary. Today we're joined by a returning guest to the show, the Scouse Strangler, Nathan Fletcher. How are we boys, you okay? Yeah, we're good mate, good how are man. you? Nice one for having me back on. No problem, thanks for joining us. No, you must be busy with uh, the upcoming fight, getting prepared for that. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll jump right into it. Speaking of that, how, how's the training going for that? Yeah, it's going very well. Um, I'm right in the thick of fight camp at the minute. So, a lot of sessions going on. Um, training's been ramped up, but I'm enjoying it. I'm in a I'm in a very good place physically, mentally. I feel like everything's coming together. I feel like I've improved since my last fight. Um, I just feel like everything's on track to work out well for me to go and get another another big win at the end of June. Do you, do you think it makes fight camp easier having this lovely weather? a hundred percent. The last fight camp was literally. It was so cold. I remember every day getting up like January and February. It was freezing. Get up in the morning, like bodies aching from obviously all the sessions. And then you get in the gym, you've got all your layers on, trying to warm up. It was horrible. Whereas now, <laughs> I literally turning up at the gym in my shorts and flip flops. I've already got a little sweat going off walking up or walking up the hill towards the gym. Um, so it's nice. It's just it's just a lot easier and a, and a lot easier on the body as well. Like your joints and everything. It's a lot um, a lot easier having it this this warm. Yeah, yeah. Just, I think when it's this warm, you got a like, you got a bit of a spring in your step already, haven't you? Like you want to get out of bed because <laughs> yeah, it's, it's too exactly, hot in bed. Yeah. So, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, that's the really bad thing is trying to get sleep at night. You're tossing and turning because it's so hot. But yeah. I'll take this. I'll take this any day over cold weather. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of good things obviously going on in next gen. Obviously, Paddy's being signed with the UFC. Matt's getting a title shot. How good is the atmosphere in the gym right now? Boss, the energy is very good in the gym. Sound like um, White Goodman there off, off dodgeball. There's a good energy in the gym. That's what it feels like at the minute, though. Everyone's buzzing. Obviously, like you say, Paddy's just had the call-ups. Bonner's got his title fight on the trilogy. So he's all guns blazing, working towards that. And then there's loads of other big fights. Obviously, I'm fighting Brian Boulan, which is a massive fight for me. Uh, I'd imagine this would be like a number one contenders fight. So be fighting for the title after this one. Uh, and then a load of other teammates are on the card. Adam Cullen's fighting um, against Josh Plant. So that's a very big fight for him. Liam Gittins is back out. Um, so yeah, the whole team's training hard and everyone's just buzzing at the minute. 
you've um, you've also got Connor fighting as well, haven't you? Wilson, is that right? Yeah, Connor Wilson. I forgot. Yeah, he's making his cage already his debut. Um, so Connor's phenomenal, and I think now everyone's going to see the level we all know he's at. Do you know what I mean? I train with Connor every day. He's one of my main training partners, and he's like European, like UFC level, even already. Do you know what I mean? So for him to come onto cage where he is now, he's only one to know but he's going to shock a lot of people and he's going to make a big statement and uh, I can see him taking over that flyweight division. Yeah. So he wants to look how far going forward, does he? 100%. Connor's so talented and, and he works hard and he puts it in. He does everything right, so he deserves it. Do you know what I mean? I'm made up these. Getting to uh, get to show his skills on like a big stage now, like Cage Warriors. So, it's yeah. I remember you spoke highly of him the last time you was on, you know, so it's good to see him getting his shot and... and quite a, a massive promotion you know definitely because he's always there helping us get ready you know me and Liam and stuff that, that are already fighting on cage warriors Connor's always in the gym doing our fight camps with us and getting us ready so now it's his turn to get in there and show everyone what he can do I mean so I'm made up for him but he definitely deserves it yeah how how different is it like preparing for your own fight camp as opposed to helping someone else with this uh, it's a little bit different like so say for example, if I never had a fight lined up, but one of my teammates did, it, it's a lot, it's a lot easier for me because you're kind of like we're shark tanking them then. So I get a few rounds out of that. They're the one that's in get, you know, getting it put on them. Um but to be honest with you, a lot of the time I've got fights lined up, so I'll be yeah. in camp with whoever, do you know what I mean? So we're getting ready together. Um but yeah, if if there's ever a scenario where I've not got a fight coming up but a teammate has, it's a lot easier on my body and I don't have to do as much <laughs> hard work. It's them that's you know getting put through yeah. it. I'm just there to help them out, but um, but yeah, the, the last like year or so, it's all been me getting ready for fights. You know what I mean? Because I've been fairly active, so yeah. So speaking of your own fight camps, then uh, how do you approach them? Are you the type of fighter who focuses more on yourself, or do you sort of tailor your fight camp based on your opponent? Yeah, I, just, I focus on myself to be honest. Like I obviously look into who I'm fighting, I see what the strengths and weaknesses are, look at all the footage on them, just so I'm, I've got a good idea of what I'm coming up against. But you can't get too much away from what you do, do you know what I mean? It's like, I think that's where a lot of fighters go wrong. They try and fight to their opponent's weaknesses rather than go into their strengths, do you know what I mean? I know that like no matter who I'm in there with, if I do my game well, no one's dealing with me on my best day, do you know what I mean? Um, so... I'm definitely a fighter that focuses more on what I like to do. So a lot of the stuff I'm looking for in the gym is positions I know I'm going to end up in in the fight. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I definitely tailor it towards my strengths. You've done, uh, you done amazing uh, with your last performance. Obviously, with that, you, you had a lot of trouble going in. You, you had food poisoning. How was it dealing with that inside the cage? And do you feel it might have hindered your performance at all? It's hard to say, to be honest. Um, I think it definitely had some impact on me. Obviously, I wasn't 100%. I had literally, I'd, I'd eaten fairly well after, after the weight cut and I'd refueled what, you know, I thought, I, even saying that the night before, I didn't feel like normally after a weight cut, you get a good bit of food in you, you rehydrate and you feel like fueled, energetic, ready to go. Whereas obviously, I was an idiot and I, um, food that had gone off. Do you know what I mean? So the, the night before going in, I didn't quite feel as like fueled and energetic as I normally would. And then, the next day, I was in a bad way. Do you know what I mean? I was like on the toilet all, all day, couldn't hold anything down, couldn't eat anything fight day. Uh, and I was vomiting and stuff like that as well after the fight. Um, so it definitely had 
an impact on the performance. However, um, I still obviously managed to go and get the job done and I still thought I fought pretty well. And whilst I was in the fight, that wasn't even in my mind. Do you know what I mean? Like I knew early on in the morning, I was like, right, okay, this is obviously a pretty big obstacle I'm going to have to overcome here. But that's what great fighters do. Do you know what I mean? I'm a... I'm in this sport to go all the way to the top. So I was just telling myself, like, if that's what I really want to do and this is my dream, these are my goals, I'm going to have to overcome this. I mean, it's just something I'm going to have to get past. Um, it's a funny story, actually, because I was watching the Michael Jordan's documentary and there's an episode on that on Netflix where he has food poisoning and then he goes and plays a game anyway and ends up scoring, like, 36 baskets or whatever and winning the game for his team. And I'd watched that fight week. So what good timing that I'd seen that episode yeah, fair, fair. On, on the week of the fight. And then uh, that was pretty much going through my head all day. I was like, Michael Jordan mentality, Michael Jordan mentality. And then, uh, yeah, I managed to rise to the occasion and get it done. So I'm glad it happened as well because it has definitely strengthened me mentally going into any other fights now where I feel at least, even if I feel like 60%, you know what I mean? I know I've done that and gone and fought three hard rounds at probably like 30, 40% of what I'm actually capable of being on fight day. So I'm happy that it happened. Well, it, no pun intended, but it took a lot of a lot of guts. If, if that was me, I'd be worrying about the body shot and painting the canvas a different colour. Oh, well, that definitely that was going through the head at one point, especially because in the in the changing rooms, my stomach was still in bits. I was just thinking, like, when the adrenaline kicks in, I'm going to be all right. But I was warming up in the changes and like I was burping. Have you, have you ever had those like acidy burps? You can taste sick almost. Yeah. So I was doing that and I was trying to like blow it away so none of my coaches could smell it. So I, was like, I didn't want to let on to anyone that I was in a bad way. Do you know what I mean? So I was just trying to put a front on. Um, but I was in a bad way. But then literally, as soon as the cage door gets locked and it's on, you know what I mean? The, the switch was flipped and um, it was just go time then. So then it was out on my mind until afterwards when I was vomiting in the bin in the changing rooms. <laughs> this to show it incredible resilience, though. Oh, oh thank Amazing. you. Appreciate it. Nice one. That's off. It was great. Um, <clears throat> so after your last fight, then, do you think the Scouse Strangler is something that's going to stick? <laughs> so I've, I've had um, a few people... You know, you know I'm from Southport, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I've had a few of my mates not very happy with people calling me the Scouse Strangler. <laughs> <laughs> You're this, the Southport Strangler, they're saying, but I'll be honest, I don't like either. Do you know what I mean? Like, be sad... They sound like newspaper headlines of a serial killer. <laughs> Let's be honest. That's what it sounds like, the Scouse Strangler. Strikes like again. Or something, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's horrible. So I don't think I'll be adopting that nickname. Um, oh, no, We'll have to see. Like, I don't even know if I'll ever have a nickname, do you know what I mean? I don't mind being just Nathan Fletcher, but when when the right one comes and it's catchy and it sticks and everyone's happy with it, we'll go with that. But I don't fancy oh. being referred to as the Strangler or the, the Southport or South Strangler. I've got a feeling it'll still stick unofficially, though. Like, years down the line, when you, you know, in the middle of your career, you're still going to be called the Southport Strangler because you know, know. It, it, it makes sense. You, you put people to sleep and you're from yeah. Southport, you know. It does make sense. I do get everyone, <laughs> I do strangle everyone I end up fighting. Yeah. So it does fit, but I'm just not the biggest fan of it. We'll see, see what happens. It might it might grow on me, you never know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Um, yeah. So, on the last trilogy, then, um, Cartwright obviously defended the belt, the belt against Miller. Obviously, he got headbutted repeatedly, which got him to win. But do you yeah. think it gave others a glimpse into how to beat him? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you watch that fight back, he was probably behind on the scorecards, wasn't he? Mm. Um, I've only watched it the once that night, and I wasn't paying much attention because I was on the next day. But from what I remember, I think he won the first round. And then it looked like 
you know, I mean, he pretty much got tired and got wrestled, got put on his back for the remaining of the fight until it got stopped um, by the disqualification. So I definitely think that does give you a, a glimpse into how you could go about fighting him. And obviously my style is very heavily wrestling, wrestling orientated. Yeah. So, do you know what I mean? It's a good stylistic matchup for me. Um, I don't know what they're doing with Carter. Right, to be honest, I don't know. He's, he's not announced him fighting on this trilogy, so I imagined he would do the rematch with that other fella, you know, who who he who he got disqualified against. But I've heard nothing. So we'll do you think it's what um, there. do you think it's possible they put him on the card that they've got in America? What card in America? Mm. So yeah, yeah, maybe. I never really thought of that. I, I, to be honest with you, I do think though they're going to just do American fighters on that card, mm. and then. Eventually, they're going to start trying to um, do crossover fights and stuff. But at the minute, I think logistically, it's tough to get fighters across to the US. Yeah. You know, unless you've got like the UFC behind you, obviously, you can get yeah. it done. Uh, I don't know how K-Joyers would go about getting fighters on the on the US card. Because if there's any European fighters going to California to fight, I'll be the first to throw my hand in and say, get <laughs> yeah. us on that card. You know what I mean? I'll go Definitely. to Cali and fight there, Defo. <laughs> uh, so like you mentioned, you're fighting uh, Brian Buland coming up in a few weeks. Uh, what what do you make of him as an opponent? Um, he's okay, to be honest. I think he's quite an average fighter. I think he's good at everything, but not great anywhere. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, um, but obviously, he's got a lot of experience. He's had 13 pro fights. I've only had five. He's got over double the experience that I've got. It's going to be a tough test. Do you know what I mean? I'm not delusional, but I just think I'm miles better than him. And wherever the fight goes, I'm going to... I'm going to be able to dominate. Um, so, yeah. But I'm excited. I mean, he's a bit of a big name as well. You know, especially, like, I, when I was going up amateur, I was watching Brian fight pro on cage warriors, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, it's good for me to see the progression in my career. Do you know what I mean? Now yeah. I'm at that stage where I'm going to be fighting him. So, it's good. I'm very, very excited. Absolutely love the confidence, though. Love it. Awesome. Um yeah, so obviously his last fight was against Liam. Um, there was a few questions around around the stoppage. For you, do you think there's any added pressure to sort of get redemption for, for, for Liam in a sense? Or I mean, if there is, I, def- I definitely don't feel it. Do you know what I mean, I put enough pressure on myself anyway. Um, every fight to me is like a must win. Like I said, this is what I want to do in my life. Do you know what I mean, I want to go all the way to the UFC and be the UFC world champ. So every fight I put a tremendous amount of pressure on myself anyway um, so I don't feel any other pressure it'll be nice to get one back for the team but ultimately I think Liam was robbed there do you know what I mean mm. and me yeah, going definitely. out and, and beating him is good for the team but Liam's is you know, it doesn't really do much for him because he was still you know he was putting on a beating let's be honest and then, yeah. he, and then he got stopped with a very questionable stoppage so that's more like for Liam I, I mean you never know he might he might like seeing me put it on Brian, like to get one back for the team. But I think that's somewhere down the road. Maybe he'll have to get back in there as well and get that one back for himself. Yeah, definitely. No, like I say, what's what's questionable the stoppage? It's uh, caused a lot of controversy. But it'd be good to see Liam back out there as well as as well as yourself coming up. Um, so you mentioned it yourself. You think this could be the sort of number one contenders fight? Do you think is that the next next logical step for you if you do get the win? I mean, I think so, yeah. I don't really know who else there is in the division for me to uh, take out after Brian, really. I think I've climbed my way up nicely. Each fight, I've progressed in level. I've taken on more experienced fighters than myself. 
and I'm finishing everyone. Do you know what I mean? And I'm planning on doing the same at the end of June. I'm planning on going and getting that finish. So when I'm there, six and zero with six finishes, they can't deny me really. I mean, what's Ian Gary's six and zero and he's fighting for the title? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. um, same sort of thing. I think it's only fair that that is the next step for me. Obviously, I'm not looking past this fight. It's a massive fight for me, and I'm excited to get in there and test myself against Brian. But I'm confident I'm going to go and get the victory, and then that title seems like that's the uh, that's the next step. Yeah. Um, so obviously you mentioned you know you're getting finishes. You're still unde- still undefeated. You know you, you've got most of your wins by submission. Have you started putting more work into your striking, or is it a case of if it's broken, don't fix it? Hundred percent. Like I'm always trying to improve my striking because I naturally took to the grappling more so when I started doing MMA. And I, over the years, I've put more time into like wrestling and grappling training than I have striking. So I'm always trying to bring that up. I mean, my idea is I want to be a perfect 100% well-rounded fighter. I mean, obviously mm. that's never going to be achievable to be 100% perfect, but that's what I'm striving towards. So I definitely put a lot of time into me striking, been um, working a lot with me striking coaches, Alice Hampson, Simon Audley, Chris Williams, my boxing coach. I'm always putting in work with them. And uh, my striking's improving, definitely. It's just that in fights, I tend to go for the path of least, least resistance. And that happens to be taking people down, taking the back. So I can do that quite smoothly. So, See what happens in this fight. You never know. I might come out throwing hands and, uh, and shock you all, but you know we'll probably uh, we'll probably end up on his back at some point looking for that rear naked as well. So have to see how it goes. I'm sure however it goes. I mean, you're, you're an exciting fighter anyway. So whatever whatever, whatever the fight goes, you, you're going to put on a show for people. Um, it's always it's always great to watch you. Um, unfortunately, the, the upcoming trilogy um, it was announced. I think it was only today. It's going to be behind closed doors. Um, is, is that a blow for you? Were you looking forward to fighting in front of fans? It is a bit of a blow, I'll be honest. Yeah, I had a lot of my mates wanting to come down for this one. They'd all planned it and um, we're organising a coach. So I had literally a 50-seater coach going from Southport. I had my girlfriend and all my family had booked trains and they were looking to get a hotel and stuff and stay over for the weekend. So it would have been nice to get everyone there and have all that support again and feel the energy from the crowd. Um not to mention that, like you, you make quite a lot of money off selling tickets. You know what I mean? If you can mm-hmm. sell a few com- commission wise, I can end up like nearly doubling my pay through ticket sales. Um, but it is what it is. Do you know what I mean? The, the last two fights have been behind closed doors. It actually makes no difference on the day when I'm getting in there. Mm-hmm. So um, it is what it is. I just hope that after this one, we can go back to having crowds again because uh, yeah. it's definitely better afterwards to celebrate with everyone that's come to support you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think the decision to have it behind closed doors makes sense when you consider you've had like football coming back with fans recently? Uh, like Liverpool's last game had 10,000 fans in. The games at Wembley last weekend had fans in. Do you think it yeah. makes sense to have no fans there when other events have been having fans? It's it's tough one, to be honest. Like I don't know what's going on behind. You know, obviously, Graham and the team have been trying hard to get fans back. I think everybody wants a crowd. I like... I don't see why they'd want to put it behind closed doors if they could have fans there. Mm. Um, but the the venue we're fighting in is very small. The York Hall, it's only got about a 1,000 capacity anyway, so there's no room for tables and stuff. And what I think's mm. happened is um, Cage Warriors were kind of banking on 21st of June and the restrictions, therefore we could have a full capacity. Everyone mm. come in, do you know what I mean, and, and a usual fight show. But where, um, where they haven't had that confirmation yet from the government that that's going to happen, they haven't been able to put in place a backup of like, oh, well, we'll do, we can do, you know, tables of six and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, so I just think logistically it's been it's been tough. But 
I can see why they've had to come to this decision. I mean, ideally, because they've got a bigger venue, do you know what I mean? Obviously, I'm not, uh, I'm not behind it. Or I, don't, I don't know what, obviously, a lot of work goes into it, but it would have been nice if we could have secured like a bigger venue so we could have even like socially distanced and had 50% capacity, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it is what it is. I don't mind going and fighting in an empty venue again. I quite enjoy it, to be honest, anyway. So, yeah. 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 Not, not like we haven't been used to it the past year, is it? So, one more event, exactly. I suppose, won't kill us. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. If it is one more, like, Hopefully this doesn't carry Fingers on. Crossed. Hopefully... Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, on the video that Graham had also been mentioned that because the, the dates are close to the twenty first, <laughs> it's yeah. just not possible to get it all sorted within that small time frame. And mm-hmm. um, all that has been the kind of flow that they've been thinking about. You know. Yeah, I think you were hoping that at this stage now the government would be able to say, "Yeah, we're definitely going ahead mm-hmm. with the twenty first But obviously, they still haven't been told. So it's probably too late for them to start putting things in place to, to plan for if that isn't the case and stuff like that. So, yeah, it is what it is. It's, it's annoying, but it's not the end of the world. Do you know what I mean? No. I suppose it wouldn't be fair on users, fighters, to be thinking, I'm right, I'm fighting in York Hall, no fans there. And then at the drop of a hat, they go, right, no, change the plan, we're going here instead. And we're going to, I suppose it's not fair on users because that would disrupt your, everyone's mm-hmm. plans, fight camps yeah. and stuff like that. So I suppose they've had to do the sensible decision, like you say. It would, but don't get me wrong, if they turn around now and we're going to fight in the BEC in Manchester again, uh, you know, we're changing it and we're going to have a crowd there, I'd say, go ahead. So I'm yeah. like, I'm more tickets because <laughs> Manchester's closer to home, so I'd definitely do that. But uh, I can see what you mean for other fighters, especially fighters like, you know, that are coming from abroad and stuff like that to change it up and they might have to change flights and all sorts of different airports. So I can see why they've made that decision. Yeah. So we, we mentioned earlier then, obviously, Matt's going to get the title shot. Um, how do you how do you think he, he fares against Matthias? Uh, very well, to be honest. I haven't watched much of um, Matt's opponent. Uh, I've only seen his last fight, which was against was it Jamie Richards, and he knocked him out with that with that big left hook. I think so. Yeah. So from from what I've got from him, is he's a very wild striker with a lot of power. But Matt's a very smart, very calculated striker, and he puts a lot of pressure on guys and makes them wilt. Now, if you've got an explosive athlete like Frederick. And he's coming out early looking to take Matt's head off and he can't. And then Matt's putting that constant pressure on him, constant pace and a volume of strikes. I can see Matt getting the job done maybe second round or something like that, second or third round. Do you know what I mean? I think a five-round fight between those two definitely favours Bonner. Um, he's a cardio machine, do you know what I mean? He's got a, a great output. So, yeah, I'm very confident that he's going to go and get the job done. Yeah, I think, I think we've seen how smart of a fighter Matt was in the fight against James Webb. Obviously, fighting a former champ there, um, yeah. and I think he showed how much he, he has progressed over the last sort of year or so in his fighting game himself. I mean, that was pretty much a flawless performance, wasn't it? Yeah, you know I mean, mm, like perfect. everything that James Webb is good at, Matt negated, put him on the fence, finished him with a volume of strikes. It was a, it was a lovely display. It was pretty much we'd call it like an L bang masterclass because Ellis were doing those drills constantly. Uh, on a Wednesday and a Friday or whatever with Ellis in the gym. So all hand fighting, wrist control, turning off the fence, keeping your opponent pinned against the fence and landing strikes and then getting the finish. That was pretty much like like a seminar given by Matt to, to uh, James Webb, like a, like an L-Bang seminar, we'd call that. <laughs> L-Bang, that's what we call Ellis. Ellis Hampson, our coach, L-Bang. So yeah, that was like down to a tier perfect performance for what Ellis has been drilling with us. As he, um, has Matt found any... Uh, not the holes, but uh, where we're saying it's a flawless, flawless performance. 
how does he look at that performance? Do you, is, is he happy with it? Has he spoke about it? From what I've heard, yeah, he's very, I'd be very, very happy if I gave that performance, you know what I mean? But as fighters, we are, we tend to be, I know I do anyway, very self-critical and we're always looking yeah. for holes and things we did wrong. So uh, I don't know personally how Matt will have responded to it. He could just be very happy with it, but I imagine um, based off the type of person he is and how hard working he is and determined that he's probably found a few holes in it that he didn't like and that he wants to improve on. But that's ultimately how you get better, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? If you, yeah. if you get complacent and happy with yourself, then you stop putting the graft in and wanting to improve and Matt's been in the gym every day working hard training his arse off so he's definitely not under the disillusion that he you know he doesn't need to put it in anymore he's achieved greatness he's perfect he, you know what I mean he's not got that mindset at all so yeah do you think being self-critical as a fighter is is important to like stop complacency definitely but you don't want to go too far with it so there's a nice balance so you don't want to just be like constantly and putting yourself down and saying, oh, this is shit, this is, you know what I mean? Like, it's good to be um, self-aware, I'd say. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't want to be delusional and think that you're boss at everything, but then you don't want to be too hard on yourself at the end of the day, do you know what I mean? You've got to give yourself credit for the things you do good, but then be self-aware enough to recognise, okay, this is a possible area where I might be lacking a little bit and I need to pick it up there. And I think fighters that can do that and honestly evaluate themselves are going to just keep getting better and keep getting better. Do you know what I mean? That's how you strive yeah. towards that perfection that I spoke about earlier. Do you, do you think that that sort of self-awareness happens more in, in training or do you think that happens when you look back at your fights? I think you get it from both. Like every time I fight, I definitely take a lot away from it. Probably more so from a fight than anything because that's the real situation. Do you know what I mean? So experience is definitely a big thing. Um, but it's just everyday training hard and winning little battles in the gym and losing little battles in the gym and, and you build up a mental toughness and you build up a, a good idea of, like you say, where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are. Um, but yeah, you've got to practice it. Do you know what I mean? You've got to you've got to sit down and be honest with yourself and be like, okay, where did I where did I do good stuff today and where did I go wrong? Um, yeah. And it's tough sometimes. You don't want to like admit to yourself, okay, I was doing, I was dropping my hand as I was exiting, or I was, you know, I wasn't. Put, distribute me weight in the correct way in the clinch and stuff like that so there's all minor details but that's the thing with MMA there's so much to learn and so much to constantly keep getting better at that there's always an area you can pick to improve on so you've got to make Definitely. sure that you're doing that yeah um, so just moving away from Cage Warriors and, and yourself slightly um, you know you're a big fan of Michael Chandler um, yeah. how did you how, what did you make of his fight against Oliveira and what do you think's next for Michael yeah, it was a good fight. Do you know what I mean? That Oliveira showed class, showed composure. I think Chandler did very well in the first round. There was a point where he turtled and gave his back to Oliveira, and I was like, oh, that's <laughs> a mistake, that. But I think he's, he's so comfortable in that position. Um, I've watched him breaking it down afterwards, and he says he often gives up his back to stand up because that's how he's always done it in wrestling, do you know what I mean, yeah. to stand up and, and escape. Um, even with Charles Oliveira, like probably the best submission fighter in the UFC on his back, he stayed composed. And he ended up coming on top and uh, and then landing damaging strikes, you know what I mean? And nearly putting him away in the first. So I think he gave a very good account of himself. Um, but Oliveira, again, just stayed composed, was nearly finished himself in the first round, then come, cleared the cobwebs, got it back together, and then went out there and hit him with a beautiful left up in the in the second round. So it was a great, it was a very high-level fight, right? very entertaining. Uh, Chandler looks like he's taken the loss very well. Do you know what mm. I mean? He's been sharing. One of my favourite quotes is like the man in the arena it's like a little passage of writing I don't know if you've ever read it um, 
I'm not sure who it's by, but I see it all the time from fighters and it's basically talking about how regardless of the outcome, if you've won or if you've lost, it's better to be the man who's actually in the arena, who's actually the the quotes are like whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood and all stuff like that. And it's better to be that man than to be an outsider looking in and, you know, all the critics and the naysayers who will say, oh, he should have done this, he should have done that, when they haven't even been in there themselves. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, he's been sharing that on his stories. And that's a great quote. That's what I look to for strength when I lost as an amateur. I've only lost once in my whole career as an amateur, mm. but um, someone sent me that quote when I did and it really resonated with me. So I've seen that Chandler has been, uh, been sharing that on his social media. And then so he's been speaking about it. It looks like he's, he's really taking it in his stride and taking it for what it is. Do you know what I mean? A loss is a lesson at the end of the day. Do you know what I mean? You've got to, you've got to take from it. It's hard to at the time. It feels like the end of the world, but you've got to look at the performance uh, and take, take away ego from the situation and be like, right, why did I lose this? And then if you can honestly do that and go and correct those mistakes, in the end, it's uh, it's going to be a benefit to you, isn't it, really, taking that loss because it's only going to make you better. So that's the mindset you've got to have. And it's, it's easier said than done, but, yeah, that's the way you've got to look at it. Yeah, it, it really speaks to his character and his resilience when he'd done that interview of breaking down his loss. You know, and not, not a lot of people would do that. You know what I mean? Really you know, and it was very short after the fight as well. Mm. A lot of fighters would still be groveling in defeat, wouldn't they? So fair play to him for doing that. Yeah. And what what do you think should come next for him then? What do you, who do you think his next opponent should be? I think Gaethje makes sense, to be mm. honest. That'd be an exciting fight. Do you know what I mean? They both come to Definitely. fight. They both got power. They're both high-level wrestlers. Um both cardio machines. So I think that would be a very entertaining fight. And that makes sense because obviously you've got Connor fighting Poirier. Um, I think the winner of that should fight Oliveira. Um, yeah. And then who else is in the division, really? Top five. Ferguson's just been beat. So Dariush is there. If you can't make the fight with Gaethje, you could do Chandler Dariush, but it's not like a big fight that really, mm. is it? Just because Dariush isn't a massive name. I think Gaethje, Chandler makes sense. Yeah, they both got yeah, the loss from the title shot as well, hasn't they? So it's perfect right now. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because Gaethje hasn't fought since Khabib, has he? No. No. Oh, yeah. There you go. He'll be yeah. itching to get back in, I'd imagine. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I'd imagine as well. Yeah, the type of fighter he is. He loves it, doesn't he? So, yeah. Yeah. Loves the violence. Um, he does. So, so, last one then is the anything new that we should look out for in your next fight? Um, nothing new really just an improved version just a slightly more polished slightly more conditioned slightly more mentally tough slightly more confident just everything that I brought to the last fight I've improved on and I'm growing every week as a fighter and as a man I'm getting you know what I mean I'm, I'm still young I'm 23 I'm getting older I'm getting wiser I'm getting more more experience in the MMA game and I just feel like it's all coming together for me I'm carrying a lot of momentum I'm finishing everyone I'm hungry. I'm putting in the work. So it's going to be another exciting fight and another massive performance and another big win. So slightly less food poisoned as well. So that's a positive. <laughs> yeah, definitely slightly yeah. less food poisoned on this next one. I'm going to make sure. Check everything. Yeah, I will. I'll just be ordering in fresh food. This time. I'm definitely not going to take any meal peps. It was my, uh, my bad doing that. Like... Is it the, sto- the story behind it, I'll tell you, is now basically I took, took meal preps and like I put them in the hotel fridge in my room and then when I checked to take them out, it basically said, like, this is a, a drinks cooler. Do not store food in here. So I was like, it had been two days. And I was like, ah, it's fairly cold. It'll be all right. 
So I've gone to take them downstairs and the hotel wouldn't let me use the microwave. They had some policy to where you couldn't heat up food just to cover their backs probably if you did end up getting something like food poisoning. Yeah. And they wouldn't let me heat it up. So stupidly, I ate two days old food that had been out the fridge cold. Um, <laughs> and looking back now, obviously, <laughs> hindsight's a wonderful thing. I definitely shouldn't have been doing that. But at the time, I was just like, oh, I need to get these carbs in me, get this food in me after the wake up. So I definitely we won't be doing that again but we live and we learn don't we uh, yeah that's definitely. it like you say every loss is a mistake and so far in your uh, in your pro career that's your only little loss <laughs> so um, exactly yeah that was a big lesson to learn from so I definitely won't do that again no definitely well we look forward to seeing you again Nathan um, it's been great talking to you once again best of luck in the fight and we know you're going to come out with the win and uh, hopefully next is the title shot it's right. Thank you very much, boys. Nice one for having me back on. I appreciate it. Not a problem. Best of luck. Nice one. This is the greatest. I love it. It was super necessary. Delicious!